Welcome to the Skeptic Choir. week and we're in a small enclosed space yeah maybe we should have done this over skype (laughs) (laughs) it is the 119th recording of the skeptic wire ish and the 17th of july 2013 i'm your host gary law and with me this week are donald swafford hello and back from the amazing meeting is greg parai Only my enthusiasm for skepticism is contagious. I highly (laughs) doubt that. You know... I missed you, too. (laughs) It's nothing personal, but, you know, if Neanderthal man had figured out that to kill the guy with the cough, he might still be alive, okay? I'm just saying. Well, they probably thought the person with the cough was possessed. And, and a very good him. reason. Possessed yeah. with enthusiasm for skepticism. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest rock is best rock. Okay. Um, and I was going to throw in there that is that what you're telling the people at the conference? But uh, now it's way too late for that. Uh, back to only my enthusiasm for skepticism is contagious. No, no, I didn't. I, I came with that actually on the spot. I am tired from my weekend at TAM, but not entirely tired. Yes, and we can hear you talking from the back of your throat. Yes. <laughs> Which means you are coming down with the post-TAM... It's called Con Crud. Okay. And last year I did it did pretty well. The first two years I got sick, once at the end, once at the beginning. The last year, I did Ooh, really well, didn't suck, get yeah. sick. Yeah, uh, that was also the year that I got food poisoning the day before I flew out, but that's an <laughs> oh, entirely yeah. different story. Oh, and you story. got stuck at the airport. And... That was last year. I was stuck at the airport because of a thunderstorm. So, is it Tam that causes these maladies? <laughs> I mean, correlation, causation kind of thing? Well, if they're maladies, they're mild. So, in the grand scheme of things, they're not so bad. I mean, uh, But never... it futs with your head. I've never, like, had travel problems that meant I missed TAM or anything like I'd have gotten sick at TAM, but I've gotten better in the next day or so and through judicious application of naps and drinking a lot of water. Vitamin C. No, not so much. <laughs> Just remembering to actually order vegetables with dinner, that sort of thing. So it wasn't purely all crap food. But there was some, there was some good food this year. That's good to hear. Yeah. Well, Vegas is kind of known for its food. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah. an off-strip hotel, but it's, you know, it's got a buffet, which is just a line of crap, but it's also got <laughs> some <laughs> really good restaurants um, at the hotel themselves. and, and Contained st- therein? Yes. But also, you know, before TAM starts or after TAM is over, usually people will go out and explore more Vegas, see a show. I went to the Boulder... Uh, not the boulder, the, uh, what is it called? The Hoover Dam. After Tam. With my damn skeptics. Mm-hmm. Because it's funny when I say it that way. Yes. You went to the damn dam. 
with my damn friends. With your damn, with your damned friends, <laughs> presumably. Okay, moving on, because we'll get back to that. Oh yes. Uh, do we have a birthday? Because I, I did birthday and uh, no, just the birthday last we just week, did didn't I? Just birthday. a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. There was no. Uh... But I did. I did yeah. two birthdays. Yes. Impressive. Well, I couldn't figure out which one were the two because you mentioned three different people. You mentioned well, well, Tesla well, plus yeah. two other people. Right. Well, Tesla was kind of done to death yeah. <laughs> uh, on Facebook that day. And so, yeah, well, last week it was uh, a musician mm-hmm. and uh, a beer uh, mogul. Beer inventor. Yes. Or mogul. Yeah, that's a better term. <laughs> a family of beer. Yes. Which it was oddly appropriate for what I'm dubbing um, episode one eight one seventeen is tipsy cast. <laughs> you weren't drunk, but you I could definitely felt like yeah something's going on here. One eighteen. Was that it? Uh, was this one nineteen? Ah, this is one nineteen. As far as I know, this is one nineteen. We That's... decided that since the cat was away, us little mice would play a little yeah. bit. It does make me worry that you guys might have a problem. What? Without my policing enforcers. Ah, come on, out comes the drink. Because <laughs> that's exactly what last, last week sounded like, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we were totally schlo- We had, what, like 12 bottles of wine before yeah. we started? It was awesome. <laughs> we, were, we were shotgunning wine. Yeah. <laughs> Even I know that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. We had a shotgun barrel, and we were pouring wine down the shotgun. It, it was nasty. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Although it did make that Merlot taste a little better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But we've gotten out of three, off three, the track. three, three dollar bottles of wine. Yeah, not not, not the good stuff. Even yeah. I know that. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so birthday. birthday. Um, not a lot of like very specifically skeptical or very specifically sciencey birthdays today. So the birthday I choose today was born July seventeenth, nineteen sixty. And like I, a god. I choose this birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, uh, just like a parent choosing to do cesarean section to induce birth, I have decided today we are talking about this one birthday. Yeah. Um, it. The reason why I chose this person, who is still alive, you're welcome, Gary. Yay! Um, the reason why I chose this person... It's Jesus, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Not traditionally known for being born July seventeenth, uh, but no. you, most scholars seem to think, based on the descriptions, that he was probably born sometime in the summer. But this is not Jesus. I don't know if he thinks he is Jesus or not. But we'll Uh-oh. get past that. Okay. The reason why I chose this particular person is that this person is representative of the need to be skeptical of what you see and take in through the media. Just because you watch something that says it's real does not actually make it real. Uh, the the guy from Fox News. No, no. I think Donna's. She's on, got that. Hold on. Jenny McCarthy. That no. look in her eye. <clears throat> hold on. Let me let me walk my way through this. It's not Alex because Jones. Jesus Jesus Project on History Channel. Married to Roma Downey, Mark Burnett. Yes, Mark Burnett. What? Who the hell is Mark Burnett? He's also the guy who founded um, uh, Survivor. He created Survivor, The Bible, Celebrity Apprentice, The Voice, Shark Tank, all those kind of reality shows. He does shows. the real- TV. 
<laughs> I said media. Well, it could well, have been. I, see, here's the thing. When he started saying media, because you know who else's birthday it is today? No. The <laughs> Jesus. Hoff. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, why, why, why couldn't you do uh, David Hofstetter? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Hasselhoff. I just didn't see a particularly obvious skeptical angle on David Hasselhoff, but I did seem, I, I know I had to kind of force the skeptical angle on Mark Burnett anyway, but... No, you not, didn't, not really. because you should really be skeptical of anything he puts on. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's uh, air quotes reality TV. Yeah, yeah the, because reality TV... Isn't ain't you? You actually have writers on reality TV who are taking the footage you have and constructing a story that may not have been there in the first place. No, there it's not really the writers who are constructing that writers, story. Writers, producers, editors, <laughs> and producers and editors. Yeah, but but uh, producers and editors are also creating the story. Yes, that because too. it's not actual reality TV except for the fact that there are people who are not known actors Just, doing it. Right. You have a producer saying, "Hey, but why don't you go fu- uh, you know, start yeah. a fight?" <laughs> You're about to say fuck. <laughs> no, no not, you know what? And it's that not was not a Freudian okay. penis scary. Thing. Okay, as somebody who has worked on what is considered a reality TV show here, it's not a case of, hey, dude, why don't you go beat up that other guy? It's more of a case of when they're bringing in the people to audition and interview and everything else, they purposely pick people that they know are not going to get along. Right, <laughs> like that whole unstable. wife swap uh, show where they would just purposely have an atheist with a swap with a yeah. you know full on evangelical or you know right. a racist and, and, with a black person and, and the other side of that is is also if you are on these shows and you don't treat the PAs the production assistants well if you decide to be just oh a big pile of flaming poop to everybody as one of the people on screen or off yes, screen yes on screen if you decide that you're going to pick on the PAs and Pretend that you really are like David Hasselhoff, important. Guess what? The producers and editors will eat you up and spit you out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know this because I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yes, so be be skeptical of what you see on TV, especially anything that... You know, claims... uh, You know, it's it's really important that they claim that it's... This is reality. This is real. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like those well, people saying... Well, it is real in that it really did happen. They just didn't include the eight hours of people grousing and bitching at each other to the point that they got to the fight. Yeah. They don't include any of that. Unless, All you've seen is the guy rage and like Hulk smash. <laughs> Unless it's that version of the Big Brother in Britain where they actually air the 24 hours worth of it on a separate channel. Sort of, yeah. sort of like the Truman Show. Yeah, yeah. And apparently most of it, a good 99% of it, is boring as hell. Like life. Yes. <laughs> Except for my life, which is never boring. Well, you know what you need to make sure that your life is not boring and, and also is protected? You need a bioelectric shield. I thought that was grounding. No, that was a Earthing. couple of weeks ago. But it, they, yeah. they, the same people who bought who bought into grounding and those sandals and stuff mm. probably would buy into bioelectric shield. Okay. 
Uh, I, we'll, we'll go back to grinding and uh, after we finish because I, I have something to say okay. about that. I've been thinking about that a little bit more. That go ahead. You've been thinking. <laughs> well, every once in a while. That's not your job on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's Greg's job. Our job yeah. is just snark. Yeah. Okay, Greg. Um, as I mentioned, this week, the last weekend, I went to the amazing meeting, and um, I'm not going to go into full detail in all the talks, thankfully for my two co-hosts, um, but over the coming weeks, I'm going to go back through it. the Heck notes off. that I took on various talks and pull out websites that they may have mentioned that I think okay. may deserve a web of trust rating. Um, now, all this said, there's a great tool out there called Skeptic Action, which is started by Susan Gerbic, who started the the campaign to really correct Wikipedia on skeptical topics. Is it, is it called the campaign to really correct? No, it's a guerrilla <laughs> skepticism on Wikipedia. Uh. <laughs> but that that is essentially the, the point of it, to get into Wikipedia and say, well, you know, um, George Hobbs page, let's go fix it, or and make sure that it's right and cited so that other people can't take it down or screw with it, that sort of stuff. Put up yeah. good pictures of the people involved, that sort of thing. As so, opposed to the stick figures that were up earlier. It, it, essentially, <laughs> or just an outline like on Facebook. But she has that great tool, Skeptic Action, where just one thing, little thing you can do per day, and a lot of those are Web, web of Trust recommendations. So you may have some of the same ones from us as from her. doesn't matter. It's all important to get out there and, and use these web safety tools to rate sites that need either a positive rating or a negative rating you decide. Yeah. This week is Bioelectric Shield. Um, there was a talk this week by Susan Blackmore. Hold on, let's... <clears throat> okay, go okay. ahead. This week it's Bioelectric Shield! 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 Shield. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Sorry. There Sorry. was a talk by Susan Blackmore about how we're fighting the fakers, which was the theme of TAM, but oftentimes we fail. There are things like Hillary Clinton is seen in media pictures wearing this Bioelectric Shield pendant. Oh, is that what? Okay. It's essentially this pendant that's supposed to have crystals inside that are supposed to block EMF and protect you from the effects of that sort of thing. I thought it was to hide her reptilian skin. That may be what other people believe, but the website for the company themselves says, you know, it it protects you from electromagnetism. Um, I know I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Um, It shields you, it strengthens you, and it balances you. (laughs) It's all natural. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And um, Susan Blackmore went into detail about how they actually tested this by contacting the company and say, well, could you provide us with six real ones and six fake ones so we can te- test the validity of this? So it looked the same on the outside as the inside, but it didn't have the crystals inside. And they raided, they <laughs> tested crystals? it like dozens of times, different ways to test if it was a placebo or not. And it failed abysmally. And the company's explanation of why it failed is because the person who creates these amulets, makes them by hand, whatever, whenever he's building them, he's building them with pure, loving intent, and he could never change that when he was building the fake ones. So the real ones, so the fake ones were still instilled with his positive vibes, even though they didn't have the crystals inside. <laughs> okay, so so what are these? That are, are they, they have crystals? He makes the crystals. The, well, no, the crystal, they make the pendant with the crystals, like, inside and on the edges and... Oh, I see, I see. They're they're just held in place, just like some sort of birthstone or something. Yeah. Okay. So they're all it, natural. It, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like an amulet to depend yourself from demons hundreds of years ago. 
It's so, just so basically, a thing. if you make a pendant, regardless of whether it's a crystal or whether it's glass, as long as you're good doing in- it with good intentions, it's kind of like that ice. You know, some ice, if you're angry at it, will <laughs> will. Uh, freeze in an angry pattern, or something. I thought that was the ooze under New York City. That, well, well, that's this that's isn't true. Ghostbusters too. Yeah. <laughs> you say Goosebusters? I may have. <laughs> I averaged about three or four hours sleep for the past okay. weekend, so I'm running on empty right now. But anyway, Bioelectric Shield, the go give them a rating. Right now, the rating is on the green side, but is averaging about sixty out of 100 for trustworthiness and privacy. I think they could use more towards the red bad side. But that's my opinion. Rate them however you feel on any of the four rating categories. You don't have to rate them all if you don't know, say, how reliable they are as a vendor. Because right now they have no big rating on vendor re- right. reliability. This website... Website. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that is what we should name the uh, Web of it's Trust segment. It's website. Website. <laughs> <laughs> We've got the new thing for the watch. <laughs> so this website is full of wonderful stuff. Yeah. There, there's a... Calm your mind. Are you impacted by other people's energy? The shield deflects any energy not compatible with you from a person, place, or situation. This, quote, clear space, end quote, promotes compassion and creative solutions. Find out what level of protection fits your lifestyle. Oh, there's levels of protection. Yeah, you can buy like a $130 version or a $7,000 version. Or thereabouts. I know I took notes on it, but yeah. God. Some are more real and more protective my, than others. My my personal favorite <laughs> is under the um, strengthen your energy. Have you been searching for an EMF protection device that really works for a lifetime, not just a month or a yeah. year? Handcrafted in Montana, USA, this all-natural shield gives you more ease and enjoyment in life by amplifying, protecting, and balancing your energy for a lifetime. That, um, are you affected? Read, Read more. more. <laughs> uh, the picture of that lady kind of creeps me out a little bit. She's, yeah, she she's does. kind of like the Joker style. Yeah, it's not reaching I'm, I'm her I'm waiting eyes. for her to go, you know, why so serious? I'm waiting for her to rip off her face and eat my soul. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't have one, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but... Okay, aliens. Perfect Uh, example of a site that just (laughs) screams woo, and if you're going there, you probably already agree with a lot of the woo concepts, like that EMF is a problem and will physically affect you. And, um, well, high doses of EMF at high amplitudes, not really good for you. That's why you're not supposed to stand in front of a uh, a microwave or... Well, the pacemaker. Yeah, or the, exactly. A pacemaker needs to stay away from uh, EMF fields and uh, cell phones and all that. Um, but let's let's go back to to two weeks ago. To the grounding. To the earthing grounding Gr- thing. Yeah, the same earthing. thing. It's really the same thing. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, and there there is a problem with with earthing. And, Just one. <laughs> well, um, you just oh, don't want to get in touch with nature. Well, well, this is the deal. Like, in an electrical storm, if you're grounded, if your feet are in contact with the ground, that makes you, like, the pointiest object around, especially if there's no trees around, which means that you're going to be 
the least path of resistance for the lightning. Yep. Most likely. So you're no longer protected against those horrible EMF fields. You are now the uh, focus of, of some of those EMF fields, which is why being in a car is one of the safest places you can be in an electrical storm. Like, uh, like a lightning storm. Because yeah. the car tires being rubber. Because the car tires are being rubber, so you are not grounded. Right. You So... You, there, there's no way for it to flow through you and right. into the ground. The, it, oh. There's no, the circuit is not connected. Exactly. So if you are just sitting, standing barefoot on a hill during a thunderstorm, more than likely it's you that's going to get shocked. Yeah. Yeah. In a big one too. Very exciting. But maybe, so, maybe you'll have one of those cool uh, lightning patterns uh, on your skin after. So the important thing is if you're going to hang out with people who believe in grounding, wear sneakers. <laughs> in a thunderstorm. <laughs> exactly. You'll be the safest place. <laughs> All right. Just so I'd say that. Yeah, cool. Uh, so, let's let's move back even a little bit further. Well, no, wait. Forward, but... Forward in time, but back in this podcast. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about Tam this year? Tam was fun. <laughs> and trust me, I'm going to say a little bit more, even though my host maybe wished that was all I was going to say. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, you are the oh. host. Oh, other hosts. We're I got co-hosts. It. Other hosts. Oh, I got you. I'm not the host. We are all hosts huh. for the evil satanic worms that control our minds and thoughts. Worms. I, it's the best you have I worms, then, then we have another big problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Tam, skeptic summer camp. It's basically a, a great kind of environment where everybody gets to hang out all the time the, the, for the few days and really kind of network and get to know Including each other. Including the pandy raids? Well, okay. That, that is... <laughs> some people, especially people up on stage... Because, because they don't have anything against it. <laughs> some people up on, up on stage would talk about Tam as if it was um, skeptical Christmas or skeptical family reunion. <laughs> There's a lot more sex going on at TAM than I would hope is going on at a family reunion or at Christmas. <laughs> so that's why well, I use it is summer camp as the Vegas metaphor. Well, it is and not Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. On, on average, family reunions. <laughs> so, yes. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I was really thrilled right off the bat that several listeners did come up and say hello and say, Oh, cool, I want a button. Like Orbit and, and that sort of thing. So I want to call out at least several that I know I talked to about the podcast. There's Lindley, who's all the way from Australia. And I know we know we have international listeners, especially, you know, friends we've met at conferences like Richard and that sort of thing. But all the way in Australia, we had never met, I'd never met her before, and she listens to us. That just Sweet. blew my mind a bit. Yay. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Australia, Australia, we love you. Amen. Yes. I, it, it, because I ha- hung out with a lot of Australians this weekend, it almost everywhere. felt... everywhere. I, I felt like an Australian conference that Americans happen to be at. <laughs> well, the fun thing this weekend is that the uh, the Australians I hung out with, the, the main hangout when you're not in TAM, in the actual sessions, is the Del Mar Bar at the South Point Casino. And it's basically kind of a sports bar because there are TVs surrounding all four sides of this podium, which is the bar, and they'll show sports channels and maybe CNN or Fox News or whatever. But they were fascinated, one, with our media's obsession with the Zimmerman trial, because they don't air trials this way in Australia. (laughs) As well they shouldn't. Yeah. But also... They will soon, though. (laughs) (laughs) 
Also, our drug commercials and our lawyers' commercials, which <laughs> often are one and the same, but you know they don't have those hey, kind of hey, drug commercials. I'm- make some of those commercials. They pay really well. <laughs> but the, they were fascinated <laughs> with everything we always joke about, about how, you know, there's two seconds of this will cure this for you, and then 28 seconds worth of this is going to kill you somehow. <laughs> right. You know, the, the disclaimers afterwards. So it was just interesting seeing the other cultures. And, you know, there's a you know friend Gary from Sweden. Not you, Gary, but another Gary. Another Gary. Not, not the other Gary. No, not no, that or, Gary. Or the other, other Gary. Gary. Right. But this new this, Gary. This you is new not, Gary. You guys have not met this Gary. So oh, okay. we'll call him new Gary. Swedish Gary. Swedish Gary. <laughs> God, I wanted to go there. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, there was also the, the listener, Kevin. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. That's okay. <laughs> Um, the the listener who wrote us um, a month or so ago, Kevin, um, talking about how you know maybe cut down a little bit on the back and forth and, and whatever because you guys could be as good as Skeptic's Guide. Well, you know he came up and talked to me. And, hey, can I get a button? Yeah, sure. And he said, you know, I, I, I wasn't, you know, it's hard to come across, but I wasn't really trying to be critical. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate. It. So it was nice to talk That's with cool. him. And, it, it, you know, you get those kind of things where you run into someone really quickly and you don't get to talk to them a lot that weekend. I would have been happy to talk to him again later in the weekend. I just didn't kind of yeah. run into him again. But there was another listener, Michael Scott from Florida, who... Um, Is he any relation to the Florida governor? That's not his... I didn't include his last name. <laughs> Michael Scott is his first and middle. Oh. So it's Michael Scott, question Something. mark. Yeah. Ah. I haven't been in, using any of their last names here. Oh, okay. Uh, but I wanted to use his middle name to differentiate him from all the other Mikes out there. Because uh-huh. in our mu- movement, we have a hell of a lot of Mikes and Daves. Yeah. And Garys. Yeah. Apparently. Yes. Which is um, weird, because I, I only knew one other Gary until I went over to the Middle East, and then I met Garys everywhere. <laughs> And now, apparently, they're in the skeptical music. So, yay, exactly. we're going to take over the world. Um, It'll be fun, really. Yeah, I, I ran into Michael Scott pretty briefly in you know, waiting for the bacon and donut party, I think it was. He, he, he was like, are you Greg? I was like, yes. Can I have a button? Oh, okay, sure. It's like, how does he know me? <laughs> what have I done? Um, it's still He's a surprise for me. He's done when his people... due diligence. Yeah. He stalked you. Essentially. Um, but I, I, later in the weekend, I had a whole conversation with him and this other guy. Three guys who don't have children were debating for about an hour the best way to parent. <laughs> <laughs> so we, 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 we Did you talk about women's health, too? <laughs> we, did, uh, we understood that disclaimer and said, you know, what we would do. Well, one, you guys should run through a Texas government. <laughs> yeah. One guy was about to have kids, so he asked, well, you know, what did we think? As you know, secularists and skeptics could come behind that. So that was kind of um, it was amusing, but it was you know it, it was an example of where I, I really got to sit down with someone who was a listener and talk to them and really kind of get to know them that hmm. sort of thing. That is cool. And last but not least, uh, my friend from California, Greg Greg D. I won't <laughs> say his full last name. Yes, another Greg <laughs> who is a listener and also I met last year at Tam friend, that kind of thing. But the best part is every time he was around me when I was mentioning the Skeptic Wire to someone, he would chime in of, oh yeah, you gotta listen to them. They're awesome. It's like, <laughs> Thank you. How much do I have to pay you for this service? So at any point did you try and photobomb the SGU's uh, pictures? <laughs> no, I did not. 
<laughs> just stick your head in. Scare the choir. I have to say, um, you know, talking about kind of Tam in general, there was a little bit of you could tell prickliness around the edges about all the the infighting that's been going on in mm. our movement over the last years, but especially the last couple months, you know. In, uh, conspicuous by their absence were people like Rebecca Watson, still, um, Amy Davis Roth of uh, Surly Ramex, you know, a few oh, other people. Of course, she had the bad time last, last time. So. Yeah, so I, I don't entirely blame her for not coming. For yeah. whatever her reasons were, either you know, yeah, yeah, she had the, another yeah. conference to go to, or there were so a lot she going chose on, otherwise, yeah. or because she just didn't want to do it. It's just unfortunate that this kind of prickliness means that we're not all kind of um, working working towards to the, 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 the right goal. We're kind of fighting amongst each other as opposed to dealing with fighting the fakers, which is what the theme of the the show was about. Damn. Uh, I, I will mm. say that full disclaimer in kind of not being angry at Amy for whatever has gone on, and I don't know the full story because I haven't been paying attention to blogs for the last year because it pisses me off. Full disclaimer in not being angry at her is the pendant uh that she made of us for us of our logo skeptic mm-hmm. wire when i asked her on our 100th episode was one of the best ways i got through to people to say you know they would ask me so what's the skeptic wire thing uh, uh. that i wore the whole conference so she helped us a lot in our advertising so <laughs> thank you thank surly, surly Ramex. Ramex. yes <clears throat> surly ramix surly amy surly amy both yes yeah. there was a lot of talk uh, outside of the conference, just in conversations you would have with people about, still about Elevator Gate, still about Rebecca and and that kind of stuff. So uh, there's still that kind of ickiness there. But yeah. at the conference itself, as far as I know, there were no major incidents one way or the other. On the panels and discussions, uh, the the on stage there was actually only one point where you thought. Two people were gonna might actually come to blows, but that was a rare exception. Everything else was kind of like rah rah, let's go do it. Hmm. Um, which brings me kind of around to the safety policy, because there was a whole hullabaloo last year about Tam not having a safety policy in their book shirt brochure. Well, it wasn't a safety policy necessarily; it was a harassment, harassment policy. policy. Okay. But it kind of it's, yeah, it's I mean, all kind it, of the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, but- um, I think this year they, uh, this is my personal opinion. I think they met the, the, the good, oh, the fair minimum. <laughs> no, no. Okay. They met a good compromise in how they did it because last year, all the volunteers were all trained to say, if someone comes to you with whatever issue, whether it's someone stole your wallet or grabbed your ass mm. or both, I guess, um, then come to us and we'll talk to the professionals or come to a TAM organizer to come to DJ and we'll get you, we'll work with campus, um, casino campus, security. Campus crusade for Christ. No, <laughs> casino security. <laughs> and then, you know, that sort of thing. But it was, it was kind of a secret. It wasn't in the poly- it wasn't in the booklet. No uh, one mentioned that you could go to them, but yeah. this year in their booklet, I'll just read off amazing meeting while private that's event. A, that's a big booklet. Blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not all the privacy <laughs> thing. Uh, safety of our attendees is a priority, and we have a professional consultant with us who has um, decades of experience on site of assisting us dealing with any matters that may arise. So they say, we have a professional here. We'll help you no matter what. You know there's someone you can talk to. And then they go on to say, if you have a problem, you know, talk to one of the volunteers or one of the JREF staff. It lets you know there is a policy. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have to list 
the 20 ways you have to be a human being yeah. to other people, but says, if there's ever a problem, come to us, talk to us, we'll handle it. And I think that was a good, happy medium of how to deal with those kind of issues. And yeah. from what I understand, there were no major interpersonal issues and generally a successful TAM that way. Yay! So, Yay. I, and I think that the Skeptic Choir needs to send out a huge congratulations to James Randy of his recent nuptials. Yep. To his long-term partner. Betrothal. Nuptials. Yes. Nuptials yep. sounds so lascivious. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they drove, well, he, Randy flew, but his partner flew, uh, drove up from Florida because technically his partner is still illegal, so he couldn't fly. He's not in the country legally. Ah. Well, let's just throw that out there, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> it's public knowledge. Oh, okay. Um, and... <laughs> You know, there, there's this whole immigration problem, but mm-hmm. now they can get married. And as we talked a couple of weeks ago, the decisions on Prop 8 and DOMA mean that if you are married, that's going to delay. You know, you can do the same kind of marry someone to keep them well, in the country. Just, just on the on the news, <clears throat> NPR yesterday, in fact, they were talking how the um, immigration office will now look at same-sex couples as equal to... Uh, heterosexual, heterosexual couples. couples, and so they're not going to. Uh, they're supposed to not discriminate right. against same-sex couples. So Randy should be able to bring him in as his spouse, and they'll just look at it as okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, one of the things that was part of the TAM schedule was um, a discussion of the new documentary coming out, "An Honest Liar," about Randy and his mm-hmm. career. And one of the things, one of the pieces of footage they showed us was just a little time between Randy and his partner. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, And just their kind of home life and Randy coming home from a trip and them just kind of relaxing and, you know, the the same kind of thing that happens with anybody, any partners, when someone has been away for a while and comes back home and you're relieved to see them. And it was just kind of this beautiful little moment between the two of them they had on tape. So I'm looking forward to seeing that documentary when it finally comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to go in. I know I've been talking for a little bit right now, but I just want to quickly go in depth into just maybe half a dozen of the talks very quickly. Okay. Um, so one of the talks that was amazing on Saturday was uh, Sanal Edamaraku, Maruku, which was the Indian skeptic who... Um, you know, the Killy 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 video. Yeah. And also who has debunked the Catholic Church's um, bleeding sketch. Ble- yeah. Well, no, leaking sketch statue because yeah, right. it's water, sewage water. Right. <laughs> and, and, and how he has um, had to flee the country because they're trying to arrest him on blasphemy charges, essentially. And he's running the organization now from Finland. It was a great review of all the stuff he's talked about, of all the stuff he's done. Hmm. And also a lot of the different gurus that maybe we hadn't heard of one way or the other. All the various kind of I've lived on light and water alone gurus and how he's actually kind of tried to test them. The the levitating gurus, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I What I liked about Tam this year is people didn't overuse the standing ovation. Um, this guy from India, Sanal Edamaraku, deserved it, and he got it, because everybody was very impressed in his activation, a- activism and how he's actually going out in there and doing something in an environment where he could get in trouble, and he has. 
Uh, but to that end, you know, uh, I would see people go out and talk with him in the hallway afterwards and ask him for a picture. And he would seem slightly bemused and surprised at the attention he was getting. <laughs> like, I'm just a guy. But yeah. um, really amazing talk. So when that comes out online, like all the other, most of the other talks, I think, will come out online. Maybe mm-hmm. there might be technical glitches from time to time, which might prevent that. But, you know, a really neat talk. Um there was also a, a couple talks followed by a panel on Saturday where they really went in depth into the Brzezinski clinic thing. Now, this is the guy who basically is taking supposed proteins out of urine that he thinks is going to cure cancer. Yeah, he's doing some slightly dangerous stuff. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about a couple of times yeah. before. So he's got this clinic down in Texas where he's supposedly just running a perpetual clinical trial in opposed, mm-hmm. as opposed to actually publishing and having and his, the people go there who go to him pay for that. Yes. Privilege of doing an untested. And, you know, thousands of dollars out of pocket, non-insurance covered. Tens of thousands. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So they really went into depth with two different talks and a panel after this, which Hmm. I thought was really interesting, because sometimes you just skim the surface in these talks, and sometimes you get, I'll get into this on my next speaker that I'm going to talk about, the... Well, you know, I, I think skepticism is, is important. I think you should be a skepticism skeptic to kind of talk that someone might give at a college. Yeah. To go really <laughs> in-depth on a subject at these conferences where you're not just preaching to the choir, you're giving more information. Mm-hmm. It was really fascinating. So, again, when that shows up online, catch that one. If this next talk shows up online, you can skip it. <laughs> Honestly, several people, when at, you know, I asked, so what was your favorite, what was your least favorite? They came to this next one. And it's not that this person is bad or disagrees with us or anything. It's just, it was a lame talk. Mm. It was Cara Santa Maria. She was the science, one of the science editors for Huffington Post and tried to really kind of push science as best she could, staying off like the health topics, mm-hmm. which were full of woo. Right. There was kind of a line of demarcation where she wasn't really allowed to cross that. But she's done a lot of outreach media on podcasts and video um, vlogs and and posts on YouTube and something like that. She is a good advocate for science and a good science communicator outside of the strict line of the skeptical community. But she did give the, this is how I came into science and skepticism, and isn't that great, and you should be a skeptic too. She's a good talker and a good advocate for science, but not appropriate for Tam. So kind of my idea with this is, before anybody well, ever talks at TAM or any other skeptical conference, they have to have actually been to one before to know that you don't have to talk about those things. I don't know. Uh, and, and the reason why, because you've been to a couple of TAMs, but there are first-time people and people who really don't know what it's about. Right. They've been, so I think that those are necessary, but they should probably make them clear. They, they might want to label them as, you know, beginner, middle, and advanced, <laughs> so, that, so, that, yeah. you know, so that you can know which talks that... That you want to go to, like, yeah. because I don't need to be told that you know, I need to be a skeptic. Yeah. Uh, or, but some people might want to know how she got there because they may be on that path, and so maybe they haven't made the that that leap. But it's like, okay, someone else has mm-hmm. done this, so maybe I can talk to them about something. So I think it's important, but um, but you're right. I mean, if. If you're preaching yeah. to the choir, it's... Mm-hmm. You kind of got to see the talk to understand that most of it was about her. Okay. And her, you know, starting out with a... I think it was a neurology 
focus or psychology or something, and then just getting into science communication. And it was all about her career, and that's all fine and good. And sometimes it's interesting to see how someone came through right. something like uh, Sanal um Maruku, and I'm going to mispronounce that every time I say it. I apologize, but we, it was interesting to hear his um, the things he has fought and the specifics on the different gurus he was dealing with. This was well, it was di- it was different. And I, I think I think it just has to do with your focus. Yeah. I'm sure about half of that group that were at Cara Santa Maria's talk. Uh, we're probably interested in what she had to say yeah. and her background. So, not not your cup of tea? Yeah, well, uh, the thing I will say is, if the worst talk, if this is the worst talk I can think of at TAM, that was just kind of, eh, that's pretty good. Because yeah. everything else was strong or amazing. I was going to say, you know, I was just agreeing with Gary, and we were trying to finish each other. All right, fine, I'm wrong. <laughs> no. But so what you're saying though is is that there was a lot of really good talks there, and if you get the chance to go, you should look into seriously going. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, and not just about the talks. I got one or two more to talk about, but also the getting in touch with people and networking and finding up new ideas. I had mentioned Susan Gerbic earlier in the podcast. I met her just as someone who was also at TAM, and then she really got into the activism of guerrilla skepticism on Wikipedia and starting Skeptic Action. And she got an award from James Randi at the end of the weekend of being kind of skeptic of the year. So you never know who you're talking to who you're going to be able to help start a project with. <laughs> well, so, I'm, I'm guessing at one of the, uh, the other people on one of the panels, they're not going to be probably working on a project together anytime soon. <laughs> okay. There was one panel on magicians versus psychics. Now, see, I heard about this one. I mean, I didn't hear a lot of the details about it. I heard it was a very interesting yeah. discussion, and it was kind of where it was always left off. So, spill, baby, spill. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the, the main talk of it was about how mainly it came down to the disclosure of, if I'm playing a psychic, I am just using magic tricks to do entertainment. And if you disclose, even if people might be silly enough to believe you afterwards, even you say it's not magic, it's just illusion, mm-hmm. um, There, you could definitely see the difference of opinion between Jamie Ian Swiss, who has worked as a, mainly as a magician, maybe doing occasional like, uh, mentalist-type tricks, but has always disclosed, this is just tricks, yeah, it's an illusion. Yeah, the Honest Liar. I mean, With, exactly, YouTube, that's his website, honestliar.com. Yeah. Not to be mistaken with an honest liar, which is the site about the movie about Randy. Right. Also on the panel was Mark Edwards, and we're not talking John Edwards, the right. guy who talks to ghosts, but Mark Edwards has been working for a couple decades as a professional psychic. He has worked on 800 lines. He's done shows and whatever like that. At the same time, he's been on like the board of editors or something like that, or the board for. Skeptic Magazine with Michael Shermer. Huh. So, I th- really, you could tell in halfway through this panel talk that Mark Edwards was kind of turned at the end. She was at the end of the table, turned towards everybody else trying to talk or whatever. Halfway through the, the panel, Jamie Ian Swiss, when he was addressing Mark Edwards and his point, was looking straight ahead. He was not looking at Mark Edwards. He did mm-hmm. not respect him at all. <laughs> and there were some fiery comments looking, going back and forth. So, again, when that panel comes up on YouTube, because I think a lot of this kind of stuff is going to get released eventually. It may take yeah. some time. 
or maybe there are technical glitches that mean they don't get posted, but really interesting. And quickly, I will try. Uh, there was Sunday morning, there's always paper presentations, which are people may not be known well in the skeptical movement, who maybe have given a local presentation or whatever, kind of new people to get involved and, and whatever. There was a guy from um, the New England area, Andrew Hansford, who gave a paper on the Marblehead UFO. There was some pictures from a beach in Marblehead, Massachusetts, where in a few of the frames, there was this white speck. And of course, it's always a fucking speck. Yeah. But besides just being a, a cynical skeptic and just saying, oh, it's just bug or something, he said, okay, what can we actually find out about this? So he walked through his process of what he could find online, where he f tried to find out where the beach was, where in the beach the photo was taken by landmarks and stuff like that, went online to find websites that sh have for the last couple weeks um, things like the weather at airports. So at the time the photo was taken, when you look at the metadata, you find out, all right, the clouds you see in the distance, what is the height of those clouds? That can tell you what might, everything should be, that white speck should be below that level. And then looking at, he, you know, he thought, well, maybe it's a plane. He went out and find websites that show you all the full <laughs> data on flights and where they are at each second. And long story short, this was a plane that was coming towards the camera for a few of the shots and, and then, then turned. turned towards, I think it's Logan Airport, and then you had one or two shots. So it looked like it was moving oddly, like mm -hmm. st staying still for a second and then all of a sudden turning mm -hmm. because it was a plane coming towards and it was far away. If you get that right. perspective and understand that, it was a fascinating talk by someone who's just a guy in a local yeah. skeptics group. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the definite memorable moments. And lastly, there was a really neat talk by Peter uh, Baghassarian, uh, that's Baghassian, as I think that's his name, on authenticity, because the whole theme of the weekend was fighting the fakers. And there was a lot of talks, philosophy, truth, um, you know whether you should give credit to the people who are doing the liars lying because it takes a lot of skill to do some of those lies, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you don't think you're lying. Um, <laughs> but this talk was about people who, are, if you're going to be a skeptic, you should be authentic, and a lot of it comes down to the idea of always speaking your actual mind, what you really think, not hiding behind platitudes and you know white lies and stuff like that. Right. So forthright speech being the important thing, mm -hmm. telling truth to power and just truth it all the time. Because we all know the white lie of, no, you don't look fat in that dress. <laughs> but most of the time you really have to be truth, and that can lead to more truth. Um, and the second big point he made was on belief revision. You have to be willing to change your mind. And there's plenty mm -hmm. of people in the church who, who talk forthright, but they're not willing to change their mind. And that's what the big difference is. It was one of the last talks on Sunday, and it was really kind of emphasized and you know a great talk about how we can be better skeptics by being truthful and not being a faker. Cool. Um, and yeah, that's it, pretty much. I made, made a lot of new friends, and actually, while we were talking, I got a Facebook message from uh, Amanda in California, who started listening to our show afterwards and she's like hey, this is cool great thank you so <laughs> so thank you for listening amanda yes yay so anything you find online about tam about the talks and being able to hear and see what people said go check it out and maybe make it to tam next year <sighs> <laughs> or donna well, please talk so i don't well, have to well okay so 
Recently in the news, there was an article on religion.blogs.cnn.com oh, about the... favorite religious blog. 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 I talking don't drink about, blood. Talking about the six types of atheists. <laughs> yes. And, and it was like, there's only six? <laughs> well, it, well, and also the headline is, Behold the six types of atheists. Yeah, I do like the fact that they do actually show famous atheists. People like Daniel Radcliffe and, let's see, let's go to the second one. Which Ian McKellen, is Julian Moore, Moore uh, the you know, Four Horsemen, all that right. kind of stuff. But it does, it's showing everyday actors and not just the four horsemen, you know, because honestly, outside of the atheist and skeptic community, how many people know about the four horsemen other than just, oh, there's four grumpy white guys, bitch. (laughs) Old. Four old bitchy white men. (laughs) Interestingly, since Hitchens has passed away, I've seen some people suggest that Ian Hershey Ali should be the fourth horseman now. Which means huh. that it's all gonna be, not going to be all four old white guys, right? So, and that should be well. Horse, they managed horse to hit people. that. They managed to hit that, you know, bingo card of you know <laughs> she's you know a person of color and a woman. They're all like, oh, we got our quota now. <laughs> not not British or American. Yeah, yeah. like they were like, we had our quota. We're good. So, what are the six types of atheists? Well, the first type and is they're obviously only in those six categories. <laughs> yes. Well, the first type is the intellectual atheist and agnostic. Hmm. Sounds like me. Really? Except for the intellectual part. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And it is described as the non-believer who seeks information and intellectual stimulation about atheism. They like debating and arguing, particularly on popular internet sites. You said Um, intellectual stimulation? Yes. Okay. Then that also applies to me, too. Intellectual, not intellectual. Jeez, come on. (laughs) The second type is the activist. These are the atheists and agnostics that are not content with just disbelieving in God. They want to tell others why they reject religion and why society would be better off if we all did likewise. Hmm. Greg? Yes. (laughs) I would feel the fact that I had a podcast and I post about atheism on my Facebook post and will wear a atheist surly ramic to work and say, I am an atheist. <laughs> I say I say that's a, a huh, activism. So you're actually two types of atheists. The devil you say. Well, <laughs> 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 it's funny. You would talk about, okay, so I'm going to sidetrack now. The other day I was at um, a barbecue, and I had on my shirt. In Texas? In, I know. <laughs> Imagine that, because we never do things like no. that here in Texas. And I had on my um, the American Atheist Conference shirt mm-hmm. with the big quote from Madeline Murray O'Hare on the back of it. And a co-worker of mine's soon-to-be father-in-law was at the party because he's now engaged to a very lovely person. He comes walking by me and he stops and he's reading the back of my shirt. And I turned around and I said, you okay, sir? And he goes, no, I'm fine. Because I was just reading your shirt. And for some reason, I decided to be a little daring and go, so, you offended by it? Wow. <laughs> I probably would have said, so what do you think? But Well, I no, because that... this guy is known for just being kind of a And you could jerk. probably tell from the look on his face. Yeah, and he was like, no, no, no. And he took two steps off and then promptly turned on his heel and came back and was all like, well, yeah, I do have a problem with it. And I was all like, <laughs> okay, gee, <what's> that? <laughs> never would have guessed. <laughs> And so he was all like... And, uh, did you have a debate or a conversation? We had a conversation, but it was one of those things of 
every time that he was trying to turn it into a debate, but when he was debating, he kept moving the goalposts. And I'd yeah. be like, no, no, no. We were talking about this. <laughs> and that was how the whole conversation went. He would be like, well, well, atheists are just as dogmatic as, as fundamentalists. And I'm like, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the fucking We're talking <laughs> about court cases that say the under the Establishment Clause, of you can't put things up in a public square. And he would be all like, he would go off on some tangent. And I would be all like, sir, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this. Right. And finally, he just got flustered and went, I'll talk to you later about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah right. You just got shown up by a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, my friend came up to me and goes, I'm really thankful you didn't say much more and he was like i was like what he goes because he's getting that little vein bulb and, <laughs> and if he has a stroke here she's not going to be happy and i'm going to have to deal and i'm like i'm sorry he's like i know he started it and i'm like and i finished it and he goes it was kind of fun to watch <laughs> but you were being an activist you yes. were not being quiet about it you were going you know if someone you were wearing the shirt in the first place, <laughs> especially in a place like Texas, is a way of saying at a barbecue. Deal with it. Well, yeah, and that was the thing is that hey, I didn't. God gave us meat, <laughs> <laughs> and our eyes face forward for a reason. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like reason. I said, I mean, it was one of those things. Like I knew from the minute that he started to read it that he was unhappy, and yeah. I don't know why. When I decided to, <laughs> are you offended by it? <laughs> and you knew how to not. Not to kind of argue with him, but through having learned with doing this podcast for two plus years and reading and up on yeah. it and being an intellectual atheist, I'll bring it back to that point. Um, that <laughs> there you was a way to our podcast. <laughs> there was a way to argue with him to say, "All right, no, 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 let's keep on topic. No, let's not." Yeah, yeah. and in fact, I think at one point I said, "You know what you're doing is called moving the goalposts." And he's like, "What do you mean?" And I said, "We start on one subject and then you change it." Or you change the parameters of the argument to meet your standards as opposed to the standards that we mutually agreed upon. And he's like, I'm not doing that. And I'm all like, that's yeah. when you need a pocket recorder. Yeah. <laughs> so. But again, like what people may have been listening, like the person seeing the vein from across the room. Those are the people you're trying to reach because yeah. a guy like that probably you'll never reach. But that's why we activist. That's why we argue. That's why we post things on Facebook, not for the dickhead who's going to argue with you about it, but the other person listening saying, all right, I understand intellectually Donna's point, but she's also being nicer. I was. I was very nice. And in fact, my friend brought me some sangria because he was all like, (laughs) Very nice for you or very nice just in general? (laughs) Just in general. Oh, Gary, no, no. She's going to kill you. No, no, we're we're good. We're good. <laughs> oh, apparently it's just me. Whenever I say something about Donna, okay, fine. Well, let's. let's What's move, the next one? Let's yeah. move on. And I think, I think, listener, we can all learn something from that exchange. I don't know. I just, I just ah. want <laughs> you wanted to sound like an intellectual atheist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the third type is called the seeker agnostic. This group is made up of people who are unsure about the existence of God, but keep an open mind and recognize the limits of human knowledge and experience. Okay, so not not uh, seekers on, on Quidditch. No. Okay. Though, ironically, you got D- Daniel Radcliffe being a famous atheist, and he was a seeker. Yeah, but it's a he- seeker agnostic, not a seeker atheist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the thing with number three is it really assumes that 
people who are atheists are just atheists and people who are agnostics are just agnostics because yeah. people think it's a straight line. Where right. I, the metaphor I always use is there are two different questions on an XY axis where you get most of the people who are atheists who are also agnostic on one corner and most people who are believers and probably Gnostic about their belief. They're sure that they believe on one end and then you kind of mix in the other two. Right. Quadrants, whatever you want to say. That it's not. You can be both atheist and agnostic, and I don't like that category. Mm -hmm. And so we'll move on to category four, which is the anti theist. (laughs) This is the group that regularly speaks out against religion and religious beliefs, usually by positioning themselves as, quote, diametrically opposed to religious ideology, end quote. Well, I've been talking a lot. Why don't somebody else say before I say Say what I think about it? Anti-theist? Well, no, not necessarily, but more my, my issue with that, and, and and this is a fine study, whatever, um, but number two and number four are Actually, almost... Actually, it's not a fine study, but continue. Uh, f- <laughs> number two and four are almost the same exact thing. Yeah. Activist yeah. and anti-theist are both people in their description who basically seek out and activize against religion and try to promote... Well, right. I think that it's more a case of... The activist uses kind words and a mellifluous tone to their voice, as opposed to the anti-theist who's the, get the off ang- my lawn, the you angry atheist. Yeah, exactly. But they're both kind of coming from that point. The The point they usually make in in these descriptions is that they're, they're not content to just sit there and be an atheist or agnostic. They go out and do something about it, and that's why I see that's kind of a muddied water. But yeah, yeah with two different sli- like it should be two A and two B. There's the these well, yeah, the but, activists he, but they're, who just, they're just trying to come it. up with six six yeah. categories. Why yeah. six? It's such an odd number. But anyway, it seems like they did. we'll get to that. Yeah, go ahead. All right. And so <laughs> shut up, Greg. <laughs> number five is the non-theist, who is basically people who do not involve themselves in religion or anti-religion. Right. Is it, yeah. I call it the slacker. I yeah. call it the apatheist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But we'll, we'll get to my point. In a yeah. Finally, not much on that category yeah. to talk about. Right. And finally, number six is the ritual atheist. They don't believe in God. They don't associate with religion, and they tend to believe there is no afterlife. But the sixth type of non-believer still finds useful the teachings of some religious traditions. And they include the ritual of eating babies. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Well, the idea here is that these are atheists who will cherry-pick the things out of religion that they like and continue to do them, like celebrate Christmas or something, as a ritual. Yeah, or they and like... that's or, a lot or, of atheists yeah, anyway. Yeah, but ritual in and of itself is a human experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, and you can't say that, that atheists don't have rituals because we, we create our own rituals. But ritual is... It's a glue in society. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's ever since we started gathering in small groups, there has been ritual. It's like Whether or not it's around a Christmas tree or the Thanksgiving Day table or, you know, Ugg goes, <laughs> goes mastodon hunting on, on Mondays. And does you a know. dance first so it's successful. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's like conflating the idea, well, if. Religion is supposed to be all about morality. That means anything that's not religious doesn't have morality. So therefore, if you have morals, you're choosing from the religion to do a religion thing, which is more of a popular media idea that morality comes from religion. 
so all you atheists must, you know, be hedonistic, you know, wackos. That's the kind of thing we're fighting against, but I'm not saying I agree with that. But yeah. I'm also tired, so maybe I didn't make my point. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they did miss a couple of people, and it's not surprising because they only got six types of non-believers from 59 interviewers. Yeah, they did 59 in-depth interviewees, and then they had like some kind of general survey that they they took a survey of like 1,500 people to add to that. I guess did they? They didn't mention it in the in the paper itself. But I'm guessing they they must have done something more than just these 50. Yeah, it was the in-depth qualitative interviews, and then they went to quantitative by I assume getting these six categories and then trying to test that with a bigger group, but. You know, it, it it was not exactly the most rigorous of studies, but maybe not a bad pl- preliminary. Yeah. To get maybe the oh. focuses that different people choose. But, but like we argued about at the beginning, well, I've argued about at the beginning, is that people can be multiple of these all at the same time or yeah. different points in their life. Yeah, so it's it, a silly categorization. And at, at the same time. Because yeah. you can be agnostic and atheist. Which right. the intellectual, but you can also be a non-intellectual atheist agnostic. Because they left out uh, the seventh category, which is people who were not raised with religion at all. And these people may have religion, but they may be atheist about it. You know, uh, which which sounds weird, but you know, like the Gaia hypothesis, or they believe in crystals. So they're religious about the, the crystals. The wooey atheists. Yeah. Gotcha. Right, and then they are, they're also not talking about the guys that are sitting there in church, who deep in their heart know that they're atheist or agnostic, but are determined to keep up that facade. Ah, but the, see, but the see, those are atheist. Yeah, yeah. But, but see, but see, those would actually be on the theistic side. Because they go to church and everything. I, I think a lot of this was based on the idea of self-identified atheists. So if you don't identify as an atheist, you're not going to fit in one of these six categories. Maybe they only choose six cause, so they wouldn't like have a problem with copyright with David Letterman in his top ten. Well, I mean, it's it, like like they say they in this article they say there there's possibly up to thirty two different categories, but these are the six main categories. And they're just trying to peg, you know, yeah. just so they have a discussion point. But yeah, I don't like it, the it's idea such of, a spectrum. I, I don't like the idea of trying to pigeonhole people in this yeah, fairly small movement into, well, yeah, into <laughs> these categories, because I was talking earlier about the prickliness of the divisions within the skeptical movement. You know, we've we've seen a lot of problems with the atheist skeptical movement over labels. You have yeah. people who you know, no, I'm a humanist, no, I'm an atheist, no, I'm an atheist plus. Let's not get on that shit storm. <laughs> or you know, I'm a oh, the worst thing in the world. I'm a bright. Uh, you know, all that kind of labeling stuff is not helping the main point to say let's be secular. But yeah, but but there this would divide the, it the, even th- more. the thing about yeah. a label, or at least. The label is a starting off point. It tells you what you have in common with somebody else. If you are a venomous anti-theist, and he's talking, and you've got a a pretty venomous apatheist, these two are not going to have a common ground to really start with, mm-hmm. because they are one sees the world in red, and one sees the world in blue. Right, but it's also it's also marketing because yeah. it's a brand. Mm-hmm. 
And atheism doesn't have a brand. The closest thing that atheism has to a brand is the uh, the humanists. Yeah. Okay, because they have a, a cool logo, a little happy dude, you know. They have the celebrant now, which is officially recognized in all 50 states. And yes, I'm, I'm saying that because I think it's important. Because uh, atheism itself, and this is why Atheism Plus came about, it... It's a one-trick yes pony. Yes no question. Yeah, okay. it's a one-trick pony, and you don't know anything about the person if they Other say they're than an atheist. They don't believe in God. Exactly. But if you say you're a humanist, for example, or if you say you're atheist plus, then you probably know that they read free thought blogs. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you say you're a humanist, that just like saying you're a Christian, the implication behind that. Uh, there's there's a lot of weight behind right. that brand, which is right. why I usually when I introduce myself I say I'm an atheist. I don't bother with all the other stuff because it's a simpler yes or no kind of so that people understand where I'm coming from. But when they ask, I'll say yes, of course I'm also agnostic, and it's all a matter of self identification of going into this long list of what you are similar to the LGBT uh, LGBTQ. But, the, but the, that's what I'm movement. saying. It's 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 yeah. the brand. Right. It's the brand. And that, you know and. After going to the uh, the American Humanist Association convention, I realized that as far as a brand, they've kind of got it going on because it's good without God. So it doesn't matter whether you're an atheist or not; you're doing good works regardless. Yeah, right. It, it's about yes, it's about this world uh, and and us uh, people, you know, and and. and Christians, Catholicists, Catholicists, Catholics, you know, they have they have a certain brand. Unfortunately, for the Catholics, the Roman Catholic brand is is painted. <laughs> to use a word, <laughs> so in saying Christian, I mean, if you come into my studio and you go on and on about Christian. The first thing I think is you're not going to pay me, <laughs> because unfortunately, it's been it's that, that brand before. doesn't doesn't work anymore, uh, it, it, and and it's also been taken over by the right wing Christians. Like in politics, you say you're a Christian, okay, great, but are you a Tea Partier? You know, so these guys are trying to put us in the labels, but the atheist community, and this is. Probably how all the religions started in the first place, uh, or Christianity, I should say, is the brand has to be focused. And right now, the atheist brand is certainly not focused mm-hmm. at yeah. all. And and this is a good beginning. You have to know who you are before you can start saying, okay, well, let's let's build up from this foundation. These are the different shades that of qualities that apply to atheists yeah. in different amounts. So yeah. it's kind of. You have to build that Venn diagram. Venn diagram. You have to build that Venn diagram that applies to oh, you. I was going to say Venn diagram. <laughs> it's like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> or that um, the bar graph of you know Greg Perrine is you know has you know fifty percent of this and yeah we 10% need a, we need Briggs Myers test for <laughs> <laughs> non belief. So I'm a I'm an you know ENTF. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I yeah. Don't, <laughs> like I said, I just I don't think that, and this is to go off of of Gary's is that we are as a movement just finally kind of 
coming together and we're having those growing pains. I mean, and you're, yeah. you can say that. I mean, you look at what Elevator Gate has done. You look at all of the, the infighting that we have. And that's what you see when you, you've got a group that is trying to come together, trying to meld all of these ideas and, and they, Most they, times that are dis, disparate ideas. And people who are used to being individuals. Right. And trying to say, hey, let's all band together and, you know, hug and sing Kumbaya at the end of the day. We don't do that. Yeah. Because, because think about uh, the, the first time you realized that there was a group out there for you. Yeah. You know, after, like, since I was raised Lutheran, uh, but yeah, I totally realized like when I was in 12 or 13 that it was BS, but you know, all the way through high school had to go to church and then I stopped going to church, but then I had college going for me. I had the, you know, the music world. And then when I went overseas, totally lost, you know, realized. <laughs> and that's when I realized that there was a group. I was like, Oh, we're really excited. Right. I think that is what is happening with the movement now is people know it's there. And so, all of these people are coming together. And so we're going to have our own sects of atheism and right. agnosticism. It's be... But we don't know what that is right. yet because we don't have uh, – well, first of all, we don't have dogmatic beliefs about anything. We don't have things that people <laughs> have to should believe based right. on a book. Yeah. Well, that's why it's – the good thing at least about this study is that it is a study looking into – the qualities of atheism that are starting to rise to the top. Like they said, a vast majority of atheists fit into the category of intellectual atheist with, you know, diminishing amounts in these first six. And I guess even more with the 32, mm -hmm. there are at least preliminary studies going into, well, what are the major qualities that define most atheists? And then how does that differ as you go down into the minutia of it? Yeah. Which is, we, you know, we have to start looking at that, just like Daryl Ray was looking into the sexuality side of atheism and non-believers of how they came to their ideas of where they've come from out of religion or if they were never in religion in the first place, how that affects people. Yeah. That was a preliminary study to talk about the people in this non-believer category. Let's start to understand who they are and where they're coming from. Yeah. And hopefully more robust studies in the future. I'm sure there will be because this is, this is an interesting uh, psychological thing to be studied and social thing to be studied. Mm -hmm. And it just hasn't been around. I mean, Tam, what, 10 years for eight almost. Yeah. I think this is technically Tam 11. Okay. The, so yeah. yeah, but we're talking, we're talking less than, uh, we're talking about a decade of people being willing as, a large group to be out. Yeah, because I mean, back in like the 60s and 70s, Madeline O'Hare. It was Madeline. the starting of these movements, right. the the modern skeptical movement, Madeline Murray O'Hare, the modern atheist movement, and it's only now in the in the aughts and now the teens or whatever the heck we're going to call these decades, um, that those movements have really come to the fore, and now we're kind of playing catch up to understand who yeah. are these people who are in these movements, what are their focuses, what are their desires it, what are their fetishes what okay i'm getting off there on a tangent there sorry pretty much um <laughs> but um just to understand us as a people to say okay how do we talk to these people to understand their concerns mostly it's intellectual yeah and some of it is activism it's, it's really it's really about how do you market to these people um is yeah. what this will eventually come down to i can't wait for the first coca-cola atheist plus <laughs> well, and, oh, uh, but i also like the fact that they do show they show 31 people who are 
not necessarily famous for being atheists, but they're famous and saying, hmm. look, Catherine Hepburn, who was considered one of the most beautiful women in the world. I mean, she came out in 1991 saying, I'm an atheist. What's the problem with that? Basically, yeah. you know, and that's fantastic, you know, but you couldn't do it when she was at the height of her fame. Right. It's a good idea to have a visibility or a view of how these people that you know in every day believe and what what you can understand about them. Yeah, but it's also nice to see younger actors and actresses like Kira Knightley, um, kid who played Harry Potter, whose name I've just Daniel Radcliffe. lost. Daniel Radcliffe coming out and being unafraid to say the word atheist and saying, "Yeah, this is what I am," you know. Because, I mean, I was just at a meeting the other day, and it was for a quasi-atheist group. And they were all like, oh, we can't use that word. And I'm all like, why not? <laughs> and they were all like, because we don't want to piss people off. And I'm all like, oh, God, I forgot it's I'm in too Texas. too late. We exist. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just did that. I did that whole, oh, yeah, I forgot we're in Texas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I have that same same problem, especially since, you know, I'll be looking for jobs pretty soon. Um, but... If you have questions, I'll, I'll post a link to the religion blog. There's also a link to the study, which is on atheismresearch.com. And you can email the authors of this study and ask them questions. You can also post on the blog, but or you can post on the religion blog, but there's already like 80 pages. So right. who knows if well, here's through. my question. Can you tweet them? Uh, I'm sure you can. Uh, certainly Dan Merica. Uh, at CNN or at Dan Merica CNN, uh, he he's the author of uh, of this Just particular portion about it. Not one yeah. of the authors. But see here, my question oh. is: is does it have the same the same reach as if you read the Pope's tweet? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's put it this way: if you tweet about an atheistic topic, you'll probably spend more time in purgatory. As opposed to following the Pope's tweets while well, he's in Rio de Janeiro. De yeah, Janeiro. but apparently, apparently not at Carnival. <laughs> well, maybe Carnival for priests because it's like mm. Children's Week or something. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, I totally with just, that. Youth you, Week. I think you just earned a couple more years in, in purgatory there. <laughs> okay, so in the Roman Catholics attempt to stay relevant and on top of please pay attention to us please of modern world uh pope francis has a twitter account and apparently pope john paul ringo had one uh previously and and so they are saying that if you follow the pope's tweets while while he is at Youth Week in Rio de Janeiro? It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm sure if, just if, in if general. You, if you follow Pope Francis's tweets, uh, <laughs> that will lessen your time in purgatory. Uh, but it's not just, not just following. You can't just follow the tweets. You also have to be... You must be following the events live. Yes, you must follow them, and you also have to be uh, penitent and honest about your faith. So it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's mostly kind of a retweeting to show everybody that you are this You're kind Catholic. of believer. Yeah. yeah. Now, 
Now, now this is basically selling indulgences, only without the sale. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not really yet. costing you any money. Yeah, yeah. To retweet. Well, it is. I mean, it's costing you... Uh, internet time. Internet. Yeah. So that's at least $40 a month. <laughs> not if you go to the library. Oh, good point. Yeah, it could be up to free. Or down to free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it just could but be for free. Most, for most people, probably not. Yes. But they also, just so you know, the Vatican has launched a news online portal supported with an app. They have Facebook now, and they're planning to use Pinterest. Oh, joy. Well, all right. So uh, let's wrap that up, and we'll close the podcast. So wait, 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 what have we learned today? We've learned... Well, hold on. I've got one bitch to make before we close okay. this up. Thank you, people, ABC, NBC, CBS. I don't care what fucking station it is. Thank you for hiring Jenny McCarthy and dumbing down American TV even, even more. more. Yeah. I mean, it was at least when they had the other girl, the conservative, there wait, was... Wait, wait, wait. We're talking about The View. The View. We're talking about the hiring of Jenny McCarthy at The View, the View. to replace some... Some conservative who's, who's been hired by Fox. Yes. Okay. Fox News, actually. Right. Okay, continue. At Sorry. least there... She could sometimes, not often, but sometimes cogently argue something with the more liberal people on the show. I really can't see how a girl who has made her life showing her boobs and fart jokes is going to... I am so there. I am watching The View. They have just gained a a viewer anyway. (laughs) No matter how many (laughs) pictures they post of her in glasses with her hand on her chin looking thoughtful... She's not, not going to be able to actually be thoughtful, and I like. She goes to glamour shots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, oh, glamour shots. I thought you said something else entirely. It shows you where my brain is. No, not glandular thoughts. <laughs> I mean uh, shots. Nope. <laughs> yes, not money shots. Um, I liked the comment that uh, Debzilla, who was on our live show like twenty shows ago, um, I'm sure plenty of people have said this, but she really summed it up with me saying. I wish I watched The View so I could stop watching The View because of this. <laughs> Just like going to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I wish I could boycott them, but so they don't eat there. <laughs> right. And, like, I mean, Barbara Walters made this comment that just, oh, God, this fucking pissed me off. Jenny brings us intelligence as well as warmth and humor. <laughs> well, she could be she's serious. raising the bar. <laughs> she could be serious and outrageous. She is connected with our audience and offers a fresh point of view. Jenny will be a great addition to the show as we usher in this new exciting chapter of The, the View. Okay, okay that, that was Barbara Walters saying that. Yes. Right? Barbara that Walters was totally... only says that because she's retiring and yeah, she's yeah. not going to be on the fucking show That was show totally anymore. written for her. Right. <laughs> but here's the thing. They're bringing in a woman to a show that is primarily watched by women, primarily watched by stay-at-home mothers. So they're bringing in a woman who has anti-science, anti-vax, and is detrimental to the health of our children. I am sorry, but fuck you. Well, That's the only way that I... the, the talk I was talking about earlier from Tam. To be authentic, don't apologize. Don't apologize for speaking your voice and saying, no, this is bad for people. This is bad for children. Right. And I have written a nice letter and emailed it and said, what the fuck were you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Really, I tried to be nice, but the swear words just kept typing themselves. (laughs) 
And I'd have to go back and go, okay, how can I say not what the fuck were you thinking, but what are you thinking? You assholes! It was like typing Tourette's. <laughs> I understand. It brings but eventually, after about 12 drafts, I got one that yeah. was not profanity-laced. As opposed to the average commenter on the internet who doesn't even finish their first draft, they just post it no matter what. Right. Sure. I mean, it has to be... Well, you have to get in there quick, otherwise you have 78 pages of, well, of the same crap. You have to say, first! Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I just really want to say congratulations to the view for limboing under the bar that Fox News set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, wow. So... What did we learn today? We learned that reality television may not be reality, reality at all. We learned that crystal necklaces can protect you from EM radiation better than the Faraday cage. We learned that Tam is fun. We learned that there are six types of atheists. <laughs> and only six. And only six. But there might be 32. Two. <laughs> uh, it's uh, something to do with psychology. And people may be more than one at the same time. Gotcha. We learned that the Roman Catholic Church is losing relevance 140 characters at a time. <laughs> awesome. and, and we learned that The View has already lost relevance about uh, 15 years ago. Right. <laughs> or whenever it started. So thank you for joining us this week. Uh, did you have something to say? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, like I said, we've gotten some new listeners uh, from Tam, and one of them messaged me saying, oh, you know, this is great. I've listened to some of your recent episodes, and I went back to listen to your earlier episodes and noticed on iTunes that there's no episode one through six. Really? My understanding is that uh, iTunes only holds a certain number of episodes. Yeah. So it may be just that, that we have hit that limit now being on show 119+. plus. Ah. By the time you listen to this, so, so I, what I may need the, to do is create. A, we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah, we gotta we gotta work on some kind of archiving option, but don't worry about it. You know, each episode you can listen to kind of it's on its own. Sometimes we have running gags, but yeah. you'll f be able to follow along and just realize that as much as we had some practice episodes before we even started episode one. We were still learning a lot in those early episodes, so <laughs> as okay, hold much on. as they were You had, guys had practice episodes. <laughs> I did not. I, I understand that. But we knew that you didn't need practice because you'd just be that awesome, Donna. Oh, bite me. You can still download them directly from the the website, and it's not skepticwire.com. It's balsaracers.com slash skepwire slash episodes. Well, I've been... uh, and they're all listed there, but and so all of our new listeners, highly recommend you go listen to last week's episode where we did the song challenge. Yay. And thanks to a listener, we have a song challenge idea. Oh crap! <laughs> I mean, yay! So listener Zachary has suggested that we do a song for the NSA agent in charge of monitoring operations. Perhaps a love song to our secret stalkers. <laughs> Go. Okay, so let's let's clear this up. So we are writing a love song to the NSA. To the NSA. So not the NSA being creepy and watching us, but we're 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 we're, we're giving we're giving a flower to our to our uh, creepy stalker. stalker. And okay. and if you want specifically to the one guy at the desk who is specifically tracking us. Yes. Okay. But yeah, that sounds fun. I can do that. So yeah. it was love song. Love, love song, song, love song to the NSA agent who's watching us. Because hmm, you know there's got to be at least like five of them. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, listener Zachary. Thank you for the great request. 
<laughs> yeah. Hopefully the boys will do you proud. Of course I'm sure they will. will. You're so smug that you don't actually have to follow these <laughs> challenges and don't have to deal yeah, with these Yeah, maybe you have to do a video. Love I'm video. going to do a video for you guys one time. I'm going to pick one of the songs and and do a video. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, join us on Facebook. Uh, jo- follow the blog, uh, Twitter at the Skeptic Wire. Email us skepticwire at gmail dot com. Uh, oh, uh, and skepticwire.blogspot.com would be the blog. And we will talk at you next week. Yes, we will. Um, no, I won't. You won't. So it's just I will Greg not and be I. here. I will be in Vegas. I gotta get Greg drunk. I think you're a little. <laughs> and yeah, I know. I'm a little late for Tam. Yeah, <laughs> there might still be some stragglers still there. I actually, I have to go for work. Okay. So. So just yeah, there might still be some Australians still taking a long vacation. Australians are every, everywhere. They're yeah. everywhere. You can probably <laughs> find them in San Antonio if you're. All right, so we'll talk with you next week, and uh, Alfred Zayn. Bye bye. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> bye. <laughs> The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. They're everywhere. But you probably find them in San Antonio if you're. What we, I love we is the Australian store. store. No, we do have Australians. We have an Outback Steakhouse. Oh dear. Yeah, we they have... love that as well. They love when I talk about the Outback Steakhouse. One, yeah. one of them mentioned Foster's that when Lager. someone brought her to an Outback Steakhouse here in the states, she said. I am the most authentic Australian thing here. <laughs> of course. <laughs> we know. No. Hasselhoff. <laughs> well, I also saw, yes, it is David Hasselhoff's Bert. But I believe he was born in 1953. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Just didn't see a particularly obvious skeptical angle on David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. Sterling Amy. Sterling Amy. Both. Yes. Both. (laughs) Apparently I put an L in there. Both. 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 (laughs) Speaking of both, I'm going to go a little... (laughs) Both of them. (laughs) Well, Well, see, I was trying to go for one transition a minute ago. Now Donna did another one. So it's up to you, Gary, to decide what we're talking about. Shit. (laughs)